If you've ever felt like your relationship would really benefit from doing some couples counseling work, but your partner just has not been really into the idea of going to therapy with you, this podcast episode is for you. I'm going to share some ideas that are going to help you to work through some of your partner's reservations or concerns about the idea of going and doing some couples therapy together so that you guys can possibly begin this work and actually begin to address some of those places of chronic gridlock, chronic frustration, and stop having the same fight over and over again and start getting back on the same page because that is really what couples counseling is for. So you are listening to Is It Me or Is It Them? And this is a podcast for those of us who want to take responsibility for how we show up in our relationships and our lives, but are tired of trying to clean up the mess on other people's side of the yard. This is for you if you want to be able to set better boundaries without feeling like you're bulldozing anyone and be able to show up and speak up with more kindness and courage, whether you're talking to the ones you love or are dealing with the ones who are driving you crazy. I'm April Boyd and I'm a psychotherapist and relationship coach. And today I'm talking about a question that fills up my email inbox quite a lot. I often have people reaching out to me saying that, you know, my relationship really could use some counseling. I know that this would be good for my partner and I to do, but he's not really into the idea of coming. Where do I go with this? And I get it. I've been there at different times as well, because I know that for a lot of people, a lot of people have different ideas about really what therapy is, and they don't really know what to expect. So here's really some things that are going to help you to reassure your partner and begin things on the right foot. So first off, here's what really doesn't work that I see people do sometimes when they're in that place of being so frustrated and so fed up of either having the same fight over and over again or dealing with the same issues again. And no matter how many times you tell your partner, you know, this is not working for me or I'm not really okay with this or this thing over here really needs to stop. It's kind of like you're just in this time loop where the same problem just keeps coming up again and again. And you know it if you could only get your partner to come and meet with a good therapist and do a few sessions, this relationship has a potential to be really good, right? If only these things and these things could switch. And what I often see that sometimes people do is they get into this place when they are so ready for change and feeling so fed up with just what's not working that we can get into a bit of this desperate place where you start making ultimatums to your partner. Now, I think that there is a time and a place for ultimatums. And the only time and place for that is when it is 100% honest and grounded and true for you. But that's not what I usually hear from people. What I usually hear from people is we use ultimatums when 
or they use ultimatums when they actually are just feeling desperate and panicky. And it's like they're trying to kick their partner into action or trying to kick their partner into having this light go off where their partner suddenly realizes, you know, the depths of their hurt or the depths of their frustration or just how truly fed up they are with things. But an ultimatum only works when you are 100% prepared to follow up on it. Because otherwise, if you throw it an ultimatum, if you don't come to counseling with me, you know, I'm going to leave this relationship. Ultimately, I believe that people can kind of feel when you don't actually mean it. And they feel that you don't actually mean it when you're in a panicky, desperate place, right? When you are in an angry, um, explosive place, People ultimately can feel when you're not completely honest about your willingness or readiness to follow through on an ultimatum. And so if you're giving your partner ultimatums about anything before you are 100% ready to follow through on your threat, because that's really what you're doing when you're giving your partner an ultimatum, is you're actually making a threat to them. And If that is not, if that is just an empty threat where you're trying to scare them into doing what you want them to do, it can actually have a really damaging effect on the relationship. You lose credibility, you lose trust, and your partner is aware that you're just trying to control and scare them. Notice that that energy is very different than when you have really gone to the depths of your own experience, of your own needs, of your own heart, and you fully know, yes or no, that something is either, you're either willing to endure something a moment longer or you're not. And where a lot of women get tripped up, a lot of people, but I I think especially, um, I hear this from a lot of women, is we want that change so much and our energy, our emotional state says, I can't stand this a minute longer. But the reality is you're not quite there yet, right? And so what you present your partner with is this mixed, frenzied, emotionally charged energy. And instead of being able to lean in closer to that, what your partner tends to do in reaction is either shut down further or double down on digging in their heels and resisting whatever it is you want to do with them. All you're really doing is keeping this game of tug of war going. So I really caution people around the idea of throwing ultimatums at their partner. Now, if it is true for you, that in your heart of hearts, you've reached this place of calm, this place of true groundedness where you have really taken stock of your relationship and of your life, and you actually have peace with, if my partner does not continue with me, is not willing or able to continue with me in the direction I want to go, I am emotionally, mentally, financially, physically prepared to leave this relationship. And you are sharing that information with your partner. 
from that open, loving, honest, centered, calm, grounded, this is just what I know to be true for me place, instead of threatening your partner, what you're doing is giving them information. If you continue in this path, here's a direction that I need to go. Or here's a direction that I'm going. You're invited to come with me. But I also understand it's your choice whether or not you do. Notice that one is a place of power and one is a place of posturing. One is a place of I've made peace with what the truth is of the situation and what I know to be true about myself and what I want for my life. And I'll be sad and I will grieve and mourn if you do not come along with me. But this is a direction I'm committed to. Very different than trying to terrify and terrorize your partner into doing what you want them to do. So first off, that's one of the things that I see people doing that concerns me a bit when it comes into trying to get their partner on board for making changes in their relationship. And I have no judgment with that. I get it. It's scary. We're in pain. We want our partner to understand just how serious we really are and how hurt we really are or how desperately we need this change. But you can't short circuit that process. So please do not make threats to your partner. Do not make ultimatums to your partner unless you are 100% prepared to follow through with the information that you're giving them. Otherwise, it's just damaging to the relationship and it disrespects the relationship and it disrespects yourself because it's not actually honest, thought out, true. The other thing that doesn't work and that really is off-putting and makes people dig in their heels more or resist the idea of therapy even more is when we put all of the spotlight on our partner and we basically present therapy with this idea of here's what you need to change. And this is the place, myself included at different times, I totally get it, that we're often in when we're needing to begin therapy with our partner, right? Is really that spotlight is completely on what we want our partner to do differently, what we want our partner to understand, and essentially what we think is wrong with our partner, right? And we're really wanting to bring them to therapy so that they get it and that they are willing and able to make the changes that we need them to make for not what is not working for us. But the problem with this, again, is that all it does is create resistance and make somebody be defensive and make somebody resist coming into that room with you. A lot of people, particularly the guys that I talk to, can be quite nervous when they're beginning therapy because they're often afraid that they're going to end up with two people in the room telling them what a horrible person they are, how much they're screwing up the relationship, and how terrible they are. Now, as much as part of you might want that, right, so your partner finally gets it, think about that from your partner's perspective. 
who wants to come into a room to end up feeling terrible and told that they're a a terrible, a terrible person? Nobody does. So they resist it. And if they do come, they come with their back up and their hearts closed. They come ready to defend themselves. And instead, what I would encourage you to think about is moving from this place of we need to go to therapy so that you can change to come and help me. Come and help me figure out what you need in this relationship because I'm not understanding it. And when we think about it, that's also a part of the truth in this situation. Your partner has needs, right? They're not just doing what they're doing for no reason. Your partner also probably has needs that are not getting met. Your partner also has frustrations and things that they wish that you would do differently. And that's true for all of us. So notice that even even when you're in this place where you're like, here's a list of things that my partner's doing that is sabotaging our relationship and creating problems. While all of that might be true, there's also truth from your partner's perspective that there's things that you're doing that they don't like either. And notice how different that invitation feels. Come with me to therapy so that you can change how you do this relationship. Come with me to therapy so that I can understand what's happening here for you. Which invitation are you more likely to say yes to? I realize that there are some things that are not working well in a relationship. I'm aware that this is probably hard for both of us in some ways, that there's some things that are not working for both of us. I would really like to understand my role in this from your perspective. Would you be willing to come and see a therapist with me and do a couple sessions to help me understand this? Very different invitation. Notice how we actually are entering the exact same room. It doesn't matter whether we go in the door or whether we come in the window. We are still entering in the therapy room this place of what is happening in the relationship, what is going wrong here, what's getting in the way of letting this couple have the kind of experience that they want to have together. It doesn't actually matter whether we start from one person's perspective or the other. We still end up in the exact same room. But one is an invitation that your partner can say yes to. The other is an invitation that is going to scare them and send them running more times than not. So notice if you can find that place and connect to that place, even if it's just 10% of what feels true and accessible to you. That part of you that is open and curious to the idea of what your own blind spots might be, of what your own contribution might be about how your partner might be seeing or interpreting your behavior. If you can step into that place of being open and curious about that, that 
is an incredible, enticing, optimistic, and expansive invitation to your partner. The other one is just scary. Notice how that feels very different. So if you can flip the focus, this is especially useful if you know and have a sense of what it is that your partner's complaints are and what they want more of. One of the things I hear from my couples uh, when I'm speaking to a, a heteronormative couple, a man and a woman, is he wants more sex. She wants more communication and connection and support. He wants more physical intimacy. She wants more emotional and mental intimacy. Same room, right? We are still looking for this place of where and how this couple connects to each other, how they feel loved by each other, how they experience closeness and feeling valued and appreciated. Same room. So just check in and think about it. What are your partner's complaints or frustrations with you? Just check in. If you can use that, and again, with whatever degree of honesty and openness that that can feel true and valid for you, see if you can own that perspective. I know you've been complaining that really we've been so sexually distant. Our love life, our our life in the bedroom is not really where you would want it to be. I would also love to experience more closeness with you. Would you be willing to come to therapy and help me figure out how we get there? Because I also would like to be closer and more connected to you. Notice how this is the same invitation of you don't help me around the house. You don't really listen to me when I'm upset about something. You, you know, do X, Y, and Z that I don't really like. We're just still just talking about how distance gets created and operates for both people. Again, doesn't matter if we come in the door or come in the window in the therapy room. We're still going to go into the heart of what is creating distance, even though two people may experience that distant more painfully in different ways, right? For him, it might be more about the physical distance, which by the way is, I used to think way back in the day, I used to kind of buy into this cultural narrative that says guys just want sex for sex. And while that might be true for some guys some of the time, I have experienced so many men telling me in session as they've sat beside their wives how really sex feels like love. Sex feels like being loved and valued and appreciated by their wives. And when we think about this in the cultural context of things, It makes sense that most guys in our culture are so conditioned to detach from their emotional needs, that whole whole layer of emotional intimacy in some ways. Their physical body is the primary way that men are allowed to feel close and connected. So can you really blame them when your partner's saying to you, I want to be closer to you in this way? It is not 
the equivalent of them just being able to have some kind of physical release, which is what I often hear it ends up feeling like for women. Ah, he just wants sex because he just wants sex. No. Very, very, very rarely is that actually the case with any of the couples I've spoken to in my lifetime. The reality is that is the bridge to where he gets to connect and be open and feel love and exchange love with her. So again, doesn't matter if we come in through the door or come in through the window. The other thing that I think is really helpful when you're trying to get your partner to be more open and receptive to the idea of doing counseling work with you is to really challenge the stereotype of what counseling is. There's this old myth, I feel like it's from like the 1950s, it drives me crazy, which is you only go to counseling when things are so beyond your own ability to deal with it. I only go to counseling because I need help. I think that is maladaptive. I think that's destructive. I think that is crazy making. Saying that we only go to counseling when my problems are so much bigger than me that I absolutely, quote, need help is like saying I'm only going to take my car in for service when my engine is overheated. It makes no sense. So to me, one of the things I I first talk about when I'm meeting with a couple for the first time is, and often individuals do, is the idea that I really believe that counseling is a tool that everyone should be making use of from time to time. Everyone should be going and doing a few sessions from time to time because why would I take better care of my car than I would take of my own personal growth or that I would take better take. Yeah, that I would take better care of my vehicle than I would take of my relationship, which is like the most important thing in my world. So when you can present that stance to your partner, that this is not because things are falling apart so much to the place of no return, because again, that's a scary invitation. That is a doomsday kind of feeling invitation Even if you're in that place of feeling like, oh my goodness, this might be our last chance and our last resort, we still want to make that invitation from a place of optimism and potential. There's some things that are not working here, but we have the potential for this to be great. There's some things that are not working here, but I'm so hopeful for all that we could have together. And when we can present the idea that counseling is not just for the times when the wheels have fallen off and we're stranded on the side of the road and the engine is overheating and there's black smoke filling up the sky, this is also just a way of taking care of the things that are most important to us. Like we would take our cars in to go and get an oil change and some winter maintenance done. Again, doesn't matter which door we come into, whether we come in from the door or the window, we end up in the same room. So my question for you to think about is to just really look at how could you make an invitation to your partner that includes hope, that includes potential, that includes possibility, that includes a focus 
not just on what you want them to do differently, but in an honest, curious place of also wanting to learn and know what you could be doing differently. How can you draft and write that kind of invitation to your partner? Not a threat, (laughs) an invitation. So that is what I have for you today. I would love to hear what stood out for you, what hit home for you in this episode. And if you love this and found it useful, it would mean so much for me if you were to write a review. And if you were to share this, you can tag me on Instagram. I am at with love April. And I'm still putting together the Reset Our Mindset program. I was saying it was going to happen in March, but really, as I always kind of do, I tend to do really my first full overhaul with that on my own. So since the last time that we did the Reset Our Mindset, I've had so many more new ideas of how I would like to build on and expand upon that experience for the women that gather in that group. So that's what I've been working on behind the scenes here. and. I don't have the dates on it yet, but the Reset Our Mindset group is going to be happening in the next little while. So I'm going to include a link in the show notes where you can sign up to make sure that you get that invitation when the group is happening. So the Reset Our Mindset group, it is a small, intimate gathering of women who want to talk about our personal growth, healing, how we're really working through the blocks that might be coming up for you, whether that's in your relationship or in your career or in your personal life, just really clearing out those places of where you've been limiting yourself and making yourself small and frustrated and how you can start to just get free to rise up and speak up and grow. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. Take care.